Today's daf is daf Nun Aleph, page 50a. And we are up to the third line on the daf, Vahaya Bayaymahu. It's talking about in the times of Mashiach. Vahaya Bayaymahu will be on that day. La Yiyar Yikaris Vikipoint. There won't be any R, there won't be any light, there won't be Yikaris, which we're going to ask what these things are. Vikipoint and Kipoint. My Yikaris Vikipoint. What is Yikaris and Kipoint? Amr of Elazar Zeor. Shayakar by Lamaza. It's actually. Not something different than the R, it's, an, it's a type of R which is precious in this world, the Kafoi La Ilam Haba, and it will be minimized, meaning it's not going to be so important for the next world. Any light that we see in this world will pale in comparison to anything that exists in the next world. And which are difficult Masechtas, Sheikarm Heim by Lamhaza. They're very difficult in this world to, under, to comprehend. However, but they're going to be very easy to understand in Eilam Havler. Referring to people who are Yakarim in this world, people who are honored at all the dinners uh, because of their checkbook, not because of their Midai, but they're not going to be important in the next world because they weren't built up through Tyra, they didn't live a Tyradika life. Kihad Rav Yosef, Braid Rav Yeshua ben Levi, Cholash ve'isnagit. He became sick. Ve'isnagit, and he became isnagit means like uh, he was he was he was dying. Okay, he was sick and he was dying. Kihad Aramale Avua, and uh, you know he came back to life a little bit. And his father said, "My Chazus, what do you see in the next world?" Amarle, he said to his father, "Olam Hafoch Reisi." Very often quoted Gemara. I saw an upside down world. People who are important in this world are lamata. They are not important in the next world. And people who are pushed aside in this world and not given any sort of covet, they are the respected ones in the next world. The next world is not the upside down world. No, you actually saw clarity. You saw absolute truth. And um, the Tamidei Chachamim are the same, are the same because if a person's respected because their Tyra in this world, they'll also be respected because of their Tyra in the next world. Or Baron, we are um, up to the second line, uh, wide line on Nuna Maral. Okay, Zog Gemara B'Shamati Shayayim. He says, I heard that they were saying, actually the third line, I'm sorry, I heard them saying, Ashim Ishabalakamatum would be other fortunes. Somebody leaves Ilam Hazah and comes to Ilam Haba holding Tyra of Ashmati Shoyim. And they would say, Harugi Malchus and Adam Yachalam and Bimchitsasan. People who were killed by the government, anti Semitism, and because they were Yidin. So we're about to explain what these people are, but they're killed by the government. So they have the highest place. Shabayin Enu Ilim Rabbi Akiva Chaver is referring to Rabbi Akiva. And the Asara Haruge Malchus, another ten people who we read about on Tishbav and Yom Kippur. Mishum Haruge Malchus Vesulai, it's just only them. El Haruge Lud, it's referring to the Haruge Lud. Now, the story of the Haruge Lud is um, uh, Rashi tells us a fascinating story where the Romans had some sort of libel against the Yidden that one of their children were killed, and it wasn't true, and they said, if we don't find the murderer, we're going to kill the whole city. Of course, they're not going to find the murderer because nobody murdered this kid. However, two brothers stepped forward, and they 
falsely said they did it in order to save the entire city, and the place where they stand in Eilam Haza is beyond what uh, is beyond the place where anybody else um, can stand, and they're known forever as the Harugei Lud. Interestingly, um, just a few decades ago, Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, in his Sichas Musr, he considered the members of the Israeli Defense Force to be like the Harugei Lud. They're people who are trying to destroy Kla Yisrael, to wipe out Yirin and to destroy Eretz Yisrael. And you have a, we have a few young members of our nation that step forward on our behalf and, and you know, and are ready to give up their lives so that the rest of Klai Yisrael can be saved. Rechaim Shmulevitz, the members of our current IDF, anybody who's killed in protection of Klai Yisrael, it, uh, stands, Lafidus Gemara as well, stands in the highest levels of Ayla Mahab. Rebbe Lazar says, um, There are going to be all of the gold and silver that people own, even from their animals, eventually will end up donating them to the Beis HaMikdash and will be Kaidesh Lashem. Rabbi Yechiren says another pshat on the Yisrael, Any spoils that Klai Yisrael is going to get after the battle of Gaig and Magog, Rashi says, from the afternoon, will be holy to Hashem. Meaning all the spoils that we get are not going to be used personally, but we're going to be so, have such a desire to use them, l'shem shamayim, says the Gemara. Fish, makes sense according to the one who says, anything that Kali Yisrael gains as spoils during that battle. That's why it says, the bowls in the house of in the Beis Hamikdash will be like the bowls of the Mizbeach, meaning everything is going to be made out of gold and silver. But if you say that that uh, the other two pshatim, what does that have to do with the bowls being Beis Hashem? As no shaykes, right? As no shaykes being Beis Hashem, it's referring to the the bells that were on your a person's animals. So it's going to no It's talking about something else. What it's referring to is not that everything's going to be given to the Beis Hamikdash. Rather, it's referring to the wealth that the Yidden are going to have, and, and will will be blessed to have such wealth that will have a lot to bring to the Beis Hamikdash. Says the Gemara, It makes sense. Going to one who says we're, we're, that Klai Yisrael is going to donate the spoils. Of the battle of Gaigu Magag to the Beis Hamikdash, Hainu Dechsev. That's why it says Velaya Kenani Oid Beis Hashem Zvakas. There won't be any Kenani. Kenani over here is referring to salesmen, because people are uh, the the Beis Hamikdash is not going to need any marketing, because there's going to be so many donations coming in. Almanda Mahanachtarti. But according to other two Pesukim, what does it mean Velaya Kenani? What does it mean there won't be any Kenani salesmen? I'm Rabbi Yirmiya Inkan. Oni, there's not going to be any poor people in Klai Yisrael in the times of Mashiach. Who cannot even know the Iskare Tagar. And how do you know that Kanani is referring to a salesman? Yehuda Bas Yehuda saw the daughter of a man who was a Kanani. Who's the Kanani? My Kanani. If you think it's Mamish a man from Kanan, Avram Avram told Yitzchak he can't marry from the daughters of Kanan. Yitzchak told Yaakov, nothing doing. You can't marry a Kanani girl. Yehuda also Benasib. Yehuda. The king of Klai Yisrael is going to go marry a Kanani woman of Adenisht. 
It's not referring to the daughter of a Qurani, it's referring to the daughter of a well, very wealthy salesman. And you see that the word Kanani can mean the salesman because it says a Kanani with, uh, with has, which has in his hand he's got tricked scales, right? Which is uh, scales of stealing. They would balance out things, they would weigh things out and that's how much they would sell. But sometimes people would cheat on that. So you see that that uh, the the connection of scales to a Kanani, it's obviously referring to a salesman. See, the word Kanani not only means a nation, it's also referring to a... Um, it's referring to a source of income. You can say for another proof from here, those who sold wares were, were officers, and those who sold... Those who were sales in sales, they were from the honorable ones of the land. Period. Two dots. We're now at the colon, about 10 or 11 lines before the end of the chapter. Okay? Before the end of the parak. So we're at the colon, about three quarters of the way down the page. And there's going to be a time where Hashem is going to be king over the entire earth. And his name will be one. What does that mean? We know Akadosh Baruch Hu is one already now. What do you mean? Only on that day Hashem is going to be one. Quite different. In this world, when we hear good news, what do we say? Oh, for all the good. When things are bad, what do we say? Baruch Somebody passes away. Somebody has a tremendous financial loss. What do you say? Baruch Dynamis. We're all going to realize that really, everything is going to be for the good. Not only is there only good, but we're even going to be able to look back at Elam Hazet and see how everything really was. What does it mean? Hashem's name is one. My What is one? Very hard as physical entities made up of multiple atoms to know anything that is truly one. Is Hashem's name not one? Because Baruch was written as Ka, But it is, what do we say? Ado Shem. Okay? It's whenever you see the letters Yudke Babke, we read it. As Adushem. Avalailam Haba Kula Yachad. But Alam Haba, it's all Echad Nikra Biyod Hei, Venichtav Biyod Hei. It's both written and pronounced with a Yud Kei Vavke. Savar Rava Le Medrash Bepirka. Rava was um, thinking about teaching the meaning of Hashem's name in the Yeshiva. Amalu Usaba. So there, Elio Hanavi came along. Husaba means Elio Hanavi. And he says, La'alem ksiv. This was the shir we gave Thursday night. This world is called Olam. The world is Olam. What's Olam? Ha'alam. Hashem is supposed to be hidden. There's a hiddenness that's meant to be in this world. This is not the proper time to, uh, it's not the proper time to publicize Hashem's name. Rav, Rabbi Avina Rami, Rabbi Avina 
asked a contradiction. This is my generation. This is my remembrance for all generations. The way my name is written is not the way my name should be pronounced. I am written with the letters Yud-Hei. But I should be pronounced with the name Okay, here we go. Brand new Perak. All right? Perak Dalit, the fourth, the fourth Perak. All right. So now we're going to be discussing the halucha of Erev Pesach um, that a person should not work. We know from the time that a person starts to eat chametz, they should not work on Erev Pesach. In a place where the minigin that tout is to not work on Erev Pesach at all. A person is still allowed to do work up until Chatzois. Okay? Now, after Chatzois, no. But again, okay. so, If that's the minute, the minute in this town is to work, you're allowed to work. But let's say there's, there's a, a minute in that town that you're not, not only you're not allowed to work after Chatzois, you can't even work until Chatzois. You're not allowed to work before Chatzois either. I if a person travels from where his minug, from the place where he comes from, if they do work until Chatzois. But now he's in a locale where they don't do work at all in Arab Pesach. Or he goes from a place that doesn't do any work at all. And now he's in a city where work is done. So his initial minug was not to. Now he's in a place where they're more uh, lenient. So you got to take on the chumras of whichever one you left or whichever one you came from. Meaning, you should not work. You should not work at all on Erev Pesach. And in general, a person should not be mishana because of a machlaikas. Okay? Now, this is a steer in what we just said. There's a contradiction. We just said, take on the chumras of anywhere. Here's the problem. What if Tenler... It's from a place where no work is done. I go to a place where the work is done until Chatzais. We just learned I shouldn't work. Yeah, but everybody else is working. That could cause machlekes. They're going to go walk over me and say, hey, tell me, get to work. I'm going to say, yeah, my, my minog is not to. I'm machmir. Who do you think you are? You're a religious fanatic, right? So to say that a person's got to keep the minog of wherever they are, and then also tell me that you've got to keep the chumras of even the place where you came from is a contradiction. So the Gemara has to... Explain this. We'll, we'll have to answer this. Another halacha. Similarly, a person who brings peris shavias fruits from the shemitah year, which, as we're familiar, you're not allowed to do any sort. You're allowed to eat peris shemitah as kedusha. You're not allowed to do any sort of business with shemitah. And let's say you bring them from a place where the produce of Shemitah is no longer around, and you're taking it to a place where the produce of Shemitah is still around. Okay? So here's the halacha. Rashi explains to us the following halacha, and we know this from the, directly from the Torah as well. The Torah tells us a halacha that, okay, so you're carrying the pair of Shviz from, a, from a, a place where the produce is gone to a place where it's not gone. Now the halacha is, 
once there's no more produce available in a, in a particular city, so people are obligated to take whatever's been gathered in and move it back out to the field. Again, because it's Hefker. Here's the story. I own a farm. My farm grows onions. That farm is Hefker. Am I allowed to gather in a bunch of onions and store them in my house? So it depends. If there's plenty of onions out there for everybody else, yeah, I could take as much as I wanted to my house. The same way other people could use it, I could use it. But as soon as there's no more onions left out in the field, what am I doing with a full storehouse of onions? Belongs to everybody. So as, if there's no more food out in the field, now I gotta get rid of it. See, here's the story. If a person travels from a place where there's no more onions out in the field, and I take my onions to a place where there's still onions out in the field, I, I schlep all my onions in the truck to a different city, or a place where it hasn't been used or vice versa, you gotta take them out of your house. We say to him that uh, you can go out and heavy and bring even you. Go out and bring even you. And if you don't know what these words mean, neither does the Gemara. So hold your horses. Let's go. The Gemara is going to have to explain exactly what this expression is. Says the Gemara, let's start with the beginning of the Mishnah. Not your Yavri B'sachim. What does it mean? This whole concept of work on Erev Pesach. Even Erev Shabbos and Erev Yom Tov, a person is not supposed to go to work. Why are we only dealing with Erev Pesach? How do you know that halacha by regular Yom Tov and Shabbos? I'm going to the a person who does melacha and Erev Shabbos Yom Tov mincha lamala from mincha ulamala and later on in the day meaning with the mincha gedayla mincha katana is not going to see any gain from that work. A person is not supposed to work after chatzayis on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yom So why are we dealing with Pesach specifically? Answer the Gemara Hasam over there. Menamincha lamalu laaser. It's only from mincha onwards. It's also samach lamincha loy. But before mincha is not aser. Now, you're not allowed to start davening Mincha at Chatzais. You daven Mincha after Chatzais. So the difference between Pesach and, and, uh, uh, between Pesach and other Shabbos and Yom Tov is that Pesach has got to stop at Chatzais. Other Shabbos, you have to, if you have until the earliest time of Mincha. Ochamei Chatzais. See, now we can tell you another difference between Pesach and other Yom Tov. is awesome. By regular Shabbos and Yom Tov, Simen Bracha, Hudelay Chazi, that you're allowed to go to work. You're just not going to see Bracha from that work. We're not going to start putting him in cherim and putting, and putting all this pressure on him to say, hey, dude, you can't do this. You know, you can't be going out. On our Pesach, yes, we put uh, pressure on him. Not only is he not going to see any bracha uh, from his labor, but we can threaten the person and say, listen, you're destroying what Arab Pesach is supposed to be. It's already time for this man of the carbon Pesach. It's after Chatzayis, you have no place going out to work. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted bright. A person has Malacha on Erev Shabbos and Yom Tov. If it's from Mincha time and onwards, and Matzi Shabbos, and right after Shabbos, Matzi Yom Kippur, and Matzi Yom Tov, and Yom Kippur, right afterwards at night, or anywhere. There's the Nidna Davera, La Siyah, Tainas Sivar, excluding Tainas Sivar, Inerai Simbrach Elam. A person who runs out of shul right after Shabbos. It's not talking about where a person goes to work uh, two hours after Shabbos is over, you know, and he sits down and gets back to work. No. 
A person goes running out of shul because he's scared of all the bracha that Shabbos is going to bring him. He thinks he's going to make more money by, uh, by uh, rushing out of Shabbos as fast as possible. We're not going to have a sim bracha b'chlal. There are people who are zaris who are careful. They're going to be rewarded. And there are some people who are zarizim and they will lose out. There's some people who are shuffled or lower down. They're going to be they're going to be uh, niskar. They're going to be rewarded. And some people have shuffled. Some people are going to be um, shuffled, lowered. And they're actually going to lose out. Zariz v'niskar. Some people are zrizim. And they're going to be rewarded. This is referring to a person who works the entire week. Doesn't work on Erev Shabbos. So he, he, he says, listen. Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos. There's no Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. It's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Erev Shabbos and Shabbos. Friday's Erev Shabbos. Zariz v'nifsat. And then there's some people who reason and they are nifsat. Lose out. The Abed Kula Shabbat, the Abed B'malu Shabbat. The person works the entire week and works in Erev Shabbos as well. Shuffle v'nizgar. So that is being a shuffle, lowering oneself v'nizgar. To lay Abed Kula Shabbat, to lay Abed M'malu Shabbat. It's going to be a person who works, who does not work the entire week, doesn't work on Shabbos either. Okay? So that... Um, even if he's not working the whole week, you say, oh, it's a big deal. Why should you be rewarded? You don't work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So what gain do you have? No, it's still going to be a gain. Shabbat, a person who doesn't work the entire week, but does work in Erev Shabbos. What are you doing? Yeah, Sunday, Monday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you don't work. All of a sudden it comes Friday. Uh, I, I take on extra work. Yeah, nothing doing. Amar Rav Rabbah says, Hani Nashti Bechuzah, the women of the city of Mechuzah, Afagav, like Ovdan Avidda, Malay Shabbatov, even though they didn't work in Erev Shabbos, Mishom Mefan Kusahu, it's because they are Mefunakim, they are, uh, you know, it's, um, it's because they're, uh, Mephonic is like finicky, yeah, they're very sensitive to things, but it's not because um, they're trying to give COVID to Shabbos, they're a little bit lazy, yeah, they don't work hard anyway. But still, we say, listen, they're a little lazy, but they're beniskar. They're going to be rewarded because Lamaisa, they're not working on Arab Shabbos. Rav Rami, Rav has the contradiction. It's great until Shemayim is the Chesed of Hashem. And it says above Shemayim. What is it? Is it until the Shemayim or above the Shemayim Hashem's Chesed? It depends if a person is doing a mitzvah for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or if a person is doing a mitzvah for themselves. And they got to happen to me in Abed Hashem, Bukhid Rabbi Yehuda. And this follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, Dhamma Rabbi Yehuda Marav. Rabbi Yehuda says the name of Rav, A person should learn Torah and mitzvahs, even though he's not doing it Lishma, even though he's not doing it directly for the Rabbani Shalom. Some people say Lishma means for Torah itself. You start tasting Torah. You start setting yourself into Torah. Eventually the Torah will go into us and we'll be able to learn and do mitzvahs properly, lishma, for the proper purpose, which is to be dovuk, the Rabbani Shalom, to cling to the Rabbani Shalom. Let's go into the discussion now that a person who works on Arab Shabbos and Yontif will not see any sort of simen bracha, will not see any blessing from that work. Two dots, here we go. Tanu Rabbonon. The rabbis learned, and so should we. First wide line on Nunam Abayz. A person who looks to the um, the schar, the reward, the payment 
of his wife and his work, the millstone, is not going to see Simon Bracha Le'Eilam. Okay? Schar Ishtoi Maskolta. What is Schar Ishtoi? It means Maskolta. It means that um, she's going to have to hire herself out. Rechayim Agarta. And the Rechayim is referring to um, to hire, you know, uh, renting out Aval Avdo Mazavna. However, if a person's wife is not hiring herself out, rather she's like the entrepreneur over here, she's the one who's, you know, the wheeler and dealer, then it's a positive thing. She's helping out. Right? From Eishas Chayil. She's making the cloaks and she is selling it. A person who sells kanim, reeds, and jugs. He's not going to see bracha. My time, why not? What's wrong with those things? Since um, the the, uh, the the they're very large, so shalta bhu ena. It's there's ayin hara in that type of business, and it looks it looks like it's bigger than it really is, and it's not the proper business to get into. Tanur Abonon, the rabbis learn so shall we. Tagre simta, people who who market things in the shuk. That's how, I believe that's how Rashi explains. Yeah, people go on the shuk. So in other words, again, we're dealing with Ayn Hara. Anybody who, who's in business that other people are always staring at their stuff, any Kalita Ayn Hara, those who raise small animals, okay? Now the problem of raising small animals, Rashi says, is that the neighbors don't like it. So you go into business that disturbs your neighbors. The Kaitseilan is Taivas, people cut down quality trees to sell, okay? Um, and Rashi says on this that if you claim that your stuff is the best, people are going to start putting it down and putting an eye on it. Because it's an interesting expression. The tobe inchi means people are shocked by it, which leads us to know a very powerful thing. Ayin hara is only an issue when, it's, when you do things that are not the norm. All right, so if a person buys a, fa- a fancy house, fancy car, whatever, if, that's the, if it's not something that's shocking to people in that city, in that town, in that village, so there's no such thing as Ayn Har. Somebody else wants to be jealous, that's their own problem. I'm not doing anything that's crazy beyond the norm. It's not shocking. But if a person does something that's beyond the norm, you live in a town where people are driving, you know, standard quality cars, middle income, Toyotas, Hondas, whatever. Next thing you know, the guy's showing up with a half a million dollar car in the middle of the neighborhood. That's shocking to people. And if you have an Ayn Hara placed on you, you can't say, no, it's their problem. It's your problem. You don't need to bring that fancy schmancy Delancey thing into a, a, a place where it's completely unexpected. But otherwise, if it's not a shocking thing, you don't need to be concerned about Ayn Hara. There's no concern. Anybody wants to be jealous? That's their own problem. I'm not doing something by, pu- I'm, not, I'm not putting something on people's faces. The rabbis learned, that's why the rabbis, there are four coins that will never see bracha, La'ilam forever. Schar kaisvim, the the schar paid to people for writing svarim, uschar miturgumanim, and we're going to explain each thing and the payment for miturgumanim. People who teach taira, interpret taira, uschar yisaimim, and making invest and and gaining profits off of orphans. Okay, 
So uh, a person, Rashi explains, a person's an apitropis, a person oversees the estate of orphans, and you take a cut from any gains. So there's also no bracha that comes from that. And also money that comes from overseas. Rashi says, because when things are transported overseas, um, there's a greater uh, potential for loss. It makes sense by schar for the Shabbos. It looks like schar Shabbos. You're giving a shir on Shabbos, and you're teaching Taira, and now you're demanding to get paid. Well, shirim were given on Shabbos. So he's getting paid on Shabbos. So therefore, there's no bracha. And money from orphans as well. Because since they're young and they're katanim, they can't be Michael that money. Because Cis is a dangerous place and you can't rely on miracles that everything should go as planned. What is the reason why you won't see bracha from paying a cipher for paying a scribe? The fasted for 24 days. Now, this means they sat down together. On the Ashru, so that they should have become wealthy. Shamali because if these if these scribes, these siphon would become wealthy, uh, they would stop writing as many Sifrei Torah, right? If a guy could charge a million dollars for a Sefer Torah, well then he'd write one Sefer Torah, make his million, go invest it, and he wouldn't write another one. So it's important to keep them at work that they shouldn't get paid above and beyond anything ordinary, or else they're just gonna, we're going to have less Sifrei Kaidish. One of the rabbis learned, so shui kaisei sworn tzil mezuzah, those who write tzil mezuzahs, hein mitagreim, mitagreim, those who sell them and those who sell the sellers as well, v'chalaiskim l'chashemayim, anybody who's involved in l'chashemayim, l'asuyim meichu etcheles, to include meichu etcheles, in rain simbrach, l'aylam will not see simen bracha, l'aylam will not see simen bracha. Okay, yeah, g'val, g'shmak stuff. And anybody who's Isaac Melech Hashemayim, Lasuya Meichet Tchelis, including Meichet Tchelis, in Reisim Bracha Laelam, the Meiskim Lashma. But if you do a Lashma, you don't do it for the money. If you do a Lashma, then Rayim, you will see Bracha. Bnei Beishon, the people of Beishon, Nog Loi Hava Oslan Mitzor Letzila Malishabata. They had the minhag not to travel from Tzor to Tzidon on Erev Shabbos. Okay. Now, um, the they they were being Machmir. And they want to make sure they didn't travel ever on Friday because once you start traveling and you get involved in traveling, especially for business, you, you can start getting close to Shabbos. It's not uncommon where I get calls very, very close to Shabbos and the hour before Shabbos, oh, what do I do? I might get lagged, blah, blah, blah. Why did we put ourselves in that situation in the first place, right? So they were very careful. And their children came in front of them. For your fathers, they were able to not do business on Friday. But they said, um, we, we need to work on Friday. We need to work. If we don't work on Friday, we're going to lose out. The minog that your fathers, your, your previous generations had, extends to you as well. Here, my son, the Musar of your father, don't turn away from from the Torah of your mother. Period. Two dots. We're now two lines to the bottom of Nunum Abbas. And we will hold it here for today. Bezram tomorrow at 7.30. We will pick up from B'nai Chuzai.